Hey, it's Shannon Ballard. Your Southern Mysteries is an independent podcast. It's made possible by the generous support of listeners like you. So if you'd like to help, you can join Southern Mysteries on Patreon and you get a little something in return. You can hear more than 60 episodes in the Southern Mysteries archive, and you also have an option to support the show and hear exclusive monthly episodes that are new this year called The Lesser Knowns, stories of lesser-known figures related to major historical events. Join me on Patreon today and catch up on all the episodes you haven't heard at patreon.com slash southernmysteries. Meridian, Mississippi's Rose Hill Cemetery is situated just west of downtown. As you enter the cemetery, you pass the gates, and just as the road curves to the left, there are several graves adorned with Mardi Gras beads and covered with trinkets. The inscription on one grave reads, Kelly Mitchell, Queen of the Gypsies. Next to Kelly, the final resting place of her husband, Emile Mitchell, whose headstone reads, King of the Gypsies. The Mitchells have long been part of Southern lore, and a lot of folks romanticize their titles of king and queen. But the story of Emil and Kelly Mitchell and the Romani people is complicated and often misunderstood. Welcome to Southern Mysteries, exploring the history and mysteries of the American South. I'm your host, Shannon Ballard. This is the story of Mississippi royalty, the king and queen of the gypsies. Gypsy is a popular but inaccurate reference to the Romani people. There are negative connotations and generations of intolerance associated with it. But telling the Mitchell's story means telling their story. In death, their family made sure their graves were inscribed with the words Queen of the Gypsies and King of the Gypsies, which signified respect. Emil Mitchell was a descendant of Hungarian Roma who migrated to Brazil, where he was born around 1857. Lauderdale County, Mississippi historical records note the woman he married, Kelly, was also born in Brazil around 1868. They migrated to America in the 1860s, where Emil and his Romani tribe traveled to communities where they were welcomed and work was available. He was a highly skilled mason. There are many versions of the story of how Emil Mitchell became king of the gypsies. Some say he was crowned as king of his tribe in a service in Cleveland, Ohio. Others say there was no service, only a symbolic designation of royalty. During their lifetime, when Emil and Kelly Mitchell were referred to as a king or queen, people made assumptions based on romanticized ideals of a royal patriarch or matriarch who is crowned in a formal ceremony. There were many news stories in the 19th and early 20th centuries that referenced a king or queen of the gypsies across the United States. Dr. Ian Hancock is a Romani scholar and advocate who says the Roma had no royal structure. That designation came from outsiders who did not understand their culture. Hancock put it this way, 
In our language, the word for leader is borrow. One can imagine Roma coming into a town and being approached by the locals, perhaps the police chief, who asks to speak to the leader. He'll ask the leader what his title is, and more often than not, he will get the English response, king, since from the Romani point of view, that is the English word for the top person. It began as a translation problem, but was quickly romanticized because of the literary gypsy image. To understand why the graves of Emile and Kelly Mitchell are significant landmarks in Meridian, you have to go back in time. To understand the Roma and myths that have been accepted as facts when a woman known as the Queen of the Gypsies was buried in Meridian in 1915. The stereotypes and negative connotations associated with the word gypsy are rooted in a lack of awareness and understanding of how the Roma have so often been portrayed in culture as swindling fortune tellers and criminals. Those stereotypes are in music, books, movies, even in terms you may have used before, like the word gypped, which was used to describe someone being ripped off. Gypped comes from the word gypsy. NPR's Code Switch did a deep dive into the origin of the word and found the first known recorded definition of the term gypped dates back to the Century Dictionary of 1899, which refers to gypped as a, quote, abbreviation of gypsy as applied to a sly, unscrupulous fellow. Merriam-Webster's Dictionary now notes the word is offensive, referring to someone as a swindler or a cheat. It's one of many reasons gypsy is considered by some as an insult, a hurtful term that's born out of stereotypes. But it's not a universal belief among Roma. It's debated by organizations like the Gypsy Lore Society. Founded in Britain in the late 19th century, the society is now based in the United States. They embrace the term gypsy but caution you as you read or hear stories about the Roma to be wary of the source. Gypsy history has traditionally been passed down from one generation to the next and is rarely written down. Even the word gypsy is based on an assumption. Gypsies, as they've been called in the English language, are Roma, a nomadic people who can trace their roots to northern India. About 1,000 years ago, they migrated into the Middle East, and in the centuries that followed, migrated to Europe and the United States. In Europe, they were believed to have come from Egypt because of their dark skin and nomadic life, and were immediately marked as a threat to Europeans and called gypsies. The term took hold in English-speaking countries where they were often persecuted. Laws were created to limit their movements, and in some cases, Roma children were taken from their family and placed in schools or foster homes in an effort to de-gypsify them. For hundreds of years, the Romani people faced persecution and enslavement in European countries that labeled them as outsiders. Adolf Hitler included Roma in his final solution. We'll never know the exact numbers, but it's believed close to 2 million Roma were exterminated in concentration camps along with the Jews in World War II. 
Around the mid-1800s, the persecution of distinctive Romani tribes and nations in Europe led many to make a difficult decision to either change their ways to try to fit into a culture that refused to accept them or leave the old world for the new world. Many migrated to the United States in the mid-19th century with a large number of families settling in the western and southern parts. The Roma spoke a different language and were understandably wary of outsiders, culturally kept to themselves, which meant they often faced the same issues in America as in Europe. A majority of Roma were trained as craftsmen, blacksmiths, toolmakers, or artists, such as musicians and dancers, which is why it was necessary to keep moving to make a living. They moved from one community to the next to find work. This nomadic lifestyle was misinterpreted as a threat within those communities. Another common occupation among the Roma was a profession that was considered prestigious in India, but viewed with skepticism in the West, fortune-telling. You see this in American news stories in the 19th and early 20th centuries, oftentimes when livestock was stolen or something or someone went missing in a community where there was a noted presence of gypsies, they would be called out first and blamed because they were viewed as suspicious troublemakers, and locals believed in old stereotypes that gypsies were all criminals. In the decades that followed the wave of Roma migration to America in the 1800s, being Roma in America meant adapting without surrendering the essence of their culture. The Roma kept a low profile, even as laws were written to deter Gypsy Americans from visiting some states. In Virginia, it was illegal for Gypsies to tell fortunes until 1930. Gypsy American families could also be labeled as dens of thieves, which meant any criminal charges brought against one family member applied to all of them which was the law in several states, including Mississippi. In Meridian, Mississippi, fortune-telling was outlawed long ago within the city limits. In the past decade, the law was relaxed when the ACLU threatened a lawsuit over violation of freedom of speech. They represented Sandy Mitchell, who had tried for some time to convince the Meridian City Council to relax the ban Sandy says he is a descendant of Emile and Kelly Mitchell. He argued that fortune-telling had been passed from generation to generation in his family, and it was his religious right as a Roma, because Roma believe it is a God-given gift and right to see and tell of the future. It seemed a reasonable request to make in a city known as the Queen City. There's no definitive answer as to how Meridian became known as the Queen City. In 2011, Meridian storyteller and author Anne McKee shared the theories in a Meridian Star article, noting Meridian's designation as the Queen City is believed to be associated first with a railroad. McKee wrote, In 1883, the Louisville and Nashville left Cincinnati for New Orleans by way of Montgomery, Alabama, at the exact time as the Queen and Crescent, the New Orleans and Northwestern's top train. The Queen and Crescent traveled by way of Meridian, 
where it changed engines and sped on to New Orleans, arriving eight hours ahead of its rival, establishing the fastest time on record between the Crescent City of New Orleans and the Queen City, Meridian. But the story of Emile and Kelly Mitchell is also believed to be part of the reason Meridian is called the Queen City. It's certainly been embraced for the sake of tourism. There are historical walking tours that lead you right up to the Mitchell plot, where locals portray the role of the king and queen of the gypsies, sharing the story that's become part of Southern lore. That story begins just across the state line in Alabama. Readers of Livingston, Alabama's Our Southern Home were surprised by the front page headline on February 10, 1915. Mrs. Mitchell, Gypsy Queen, dies near Lolita. Their correspondent at Catopa shared that a notable death occurred on January 31st when Mrs. Emile Mitchell, Queen of the Gypsies, died due to complications during childbirth. Dr. E.A. Moore was called to the Mitchells' camp to attend to Kelly, who was known to her family as Callie. 47-year-old Kelly Mitchell was the mother of 14 children. She experienced complications during labor that concerned her husband, Emil. He did something he had never done before, called for an outsider, the doctor, to help his wife. Her bleeding was heavy, and Emil was desperate. He offered the doctor an estimated $10,000 to save Kelly and their child. But nothing could be done. It was already too late for Kelly Mitchell and her unborn child. The tragic death and funeral of Kelly Mitchell was featured in several Southern newspapers. A Meridian reporter wrote that a considerable number of people had been gathering in Mississippi for the Queen of the Gypsies' funeral. Considerable indeed. It's estimated over 20,000 Romanis from the Mitchell tribe came to Meridian, Mississippi, to mourn Kelly Mitchell. More than 5,000 attended her funeral. In Roma tradition, when someone died, people moved heaven and earth to travel to the funeral and support family. Their presence was meant to be a comfort, but also a unified belief that properly celebrating the life of the deceased ensured their spirit was at peace and returned to their ancestors and unborn souls. The Roma funeral is also a celebration with dancing and singing to celebrate a life fulfilled and urge the deceased spirit on to the afterlife. To ensure the Romani had time to travel for Kelly's funeral, Emil found the closest funeral parlor that had enough ice to preserve her body until the funeral could take place. Kelly Mitchell's body was transported to Horace Smith Undertaking in Meridian as word spread that she would be buried in Rose Hill Cemetery. When papers wrote of the funeral of the Queen of the Gypsies in Meridian, they described it as odd or peculiar. But the funeral followed Roma custom. In fact, Kelly Mitchell wasn't the first Queen of the Gypsies with Mississippi connections. In February 1878, Matilda Stanley, known as the Queen of the Gypsies in Dayton, Ohio, died in Vicksburg. It took time to spread word that she had passed and make sure everyone had the chance to honor her in death. Her body was transported home to Dayton, 
where she was temporarily placed in a vault. Her funeral took place seven months later, with nearly 25,000 Roma in Dayton to pay their respects. In February 1915, Roma from across the country gathered in Meridian for Kelly Mitchell. Thousands were part of a long procession past Kelly's copper casket at the funeral parlor four days before the funeral. Roma custom called for the deceased to be buried wearing clothing or jewelry that held special meaning. A Meridian dispatch reporter shared what he saw when he took part in the procession at the funeral parlor, writing, Her head, the upper portion of which is covered with bright silken drapery, pinned at the back with solid gold pins, rests upon a cushion of silk and satin. The hair is braided, and among the dark tresses, ancient golden coins shine, some Russian, some French, and some Portuguese. The body is attired in a robe of bright red, trimmed with yellow, and other bright colors, contrasting vividly with the somber hues usual under such circumstances. Roma burial customs include placing in the coffin items that will help the deceased feel comfortable on their journey to the afterlife. We know a comb, brush, and other beauty and meaningful items were placed in Kelly Mitchell's coffin. Kelly's funeral was held at St. Paul's Episcopal Church on February 12, 1915. Around 5,000 people joined in the funeral procession with a horse-drawn hearse traveling west on 7th Street, followed by family members. The procession ended at Rose Hill Cemetery, where a simple ceremony was held, and despite the large gathering, a reporter noted the silence graveside was a memorable part of the experience as Kelly Mitchell was laid to rest. Kelly's burial in Rose Hill Cemetery led to it becoming a Roma burial ground. Emil Mitchell died at the age of 85, near Albertville, Alabama, when he passed away in October 1942. The day after Emil died, one of his nephews passed away in Mississippi. Both of their bodies were transported to Meridian for burial in the Mitchell section of Rose Hill Cemetery. Their services were not as grand as Kelly's had been, because they both died during wartime. Sadly, several attempts were made to rob the graves of the king and queen of the gypsies in Rose Hill. When Kelly Mitchell was buried, newspapers told stories about her funeral that mentioned mourners tossing gold coins into her casket. This led thieves to view Kelly and Emil's graves as a sort of buried treasure. Grave robbers tried to gain access to them three times between 1947 and 1976. Their headstones and the concrete over their graves were broken, and eventually a cemetery caretaker secured the graves with steel bars overlaid with concrete. Unfortunately, when you visit these days, you notice the concrete slab over Kelly's grave is cracked perhaps because some people are still convinced they could find money below and have no respect for the spirit of those who were laid to rest in the Mitchell plot. But you also see signs of adoration on Kelly and Emil Mitchell's headstones. Hundreds of people visit their graves each year, 
and leave beads, trinkets, and gifts that cover the graves. You may find a pack of crackers, a wine glass, change, seashells, even a Pokemon doll on Kelly Mitchell's grave. But each person who left something there left a bit of themselves in a hope of connection with Kelly. Roma who visit the Mitchell's graves believe leaving mementos will encourage the Queen of the Gypsies to connect with you in your dreams, perhaps offer direction in your life. It's an attempt to find harmony. Dr. Ian Hancock has written that the key to the Romani existence is balance. Survival over the centuries has been ensured by maintaining harmony between the inside and the outside, by preserving the internal values of community and tradition while adapting to the ever-changing demands of external society. Most of us are searching for harmony and peace in life, which may explain why hundreds of people feel a connection and want to visit the graves of Emile and Kelly Mitchell every single year. The Rose Hill Players guide a cemetery tour each September. The volunteer group organized by Anne McKee in 2010 includes historians and storytellers who research notable individuals buried at Rose Hill Cemetery. The grave where you will find the most inquisitive visitors is the grave of Kelly Mitchell. Folks want to know more about her, and they hear two overwhelming themes, the importance of family and acceptance. In 1915, Meridian welcomed thousands of Roma at a time when other cities we're trying to prevent them from even traveling through. Anne McKee points to this when she talks about the importance of the cemetery tour. The mission is to tell a unique chapter in the history of Meridian that she thinks is a beautiful story of acceptance in her town. Southern Mysteries is created and hosted by me, Shannon Ballard. To see photos and video of the final resting place of the Mitchells in Rose Hill Cemetery, check out the Southern Mysteries social channels. You can also view them along with the sources for this episode in the show notes at southernmysteries.com. That's also where you can join Southern Mysteries on Patreon and hear stories that are exclusively available to patrons of the show as a big thanks for your support. Thanks to my newest Southern Mysteries patrons who helped make this episode possible. Cynthia from Petersburg, Tennessee. Kayla from Redbud, Illinois. Christina from Winchester, Virginia. Melissa from Fletcher, North Carolina. And Donna and Rachel from some magical yet mysterious locations. Your support means so much. This is an independent podcast with a staff of one. I research, write, record, edit, promote, produce everything to do with this podcast, and it is a lot of work, and I could not do it and keep this show going without my generous patrons. You can learn how to join in and support the show at southernmysteries.com or head straight to patreon.com slash southernmysteries to join today. And when you do that, you can catch up on more than 60 episodes in the Southern Mysteries archives and patron-exclusive episodes called Southern Mystery Shorts, along with The Lesser Knowns, that focus on lesser-known historical figures. Thank you so much for your support of the show, and thanks, as always, for listening to Southern Mysteries. Southern Mysteries.